0: Greetings content creators. Welcome to another episode of Mediavine On Air, the podcast made specifically for you and your needs. I'm your host Jenny Guy, and please let me take a quick moment to thank every one of you for listening to this show. At MediaVine, our goal with everything we create and all the content we put out is to make life easier for content creators. Because while we can provide education on topics like SEO, email marketing, ads, etc., the truth is that no one can teach you the core of what's made you successful, which is your talent and your unique point of view. My guest on today's episode is here to help you more effectively harness your story and use it to authentically connect with your audience in a way that helps you both. Gertrude G. Nantara is a former registered nurse and medical scientist turned blogger, freelance writer, and YouTube creator. She is also the host of the Create and Prosper show, which helps bloggers and writers create amazing content and build profitable businesses. G. gave us her best advice to remove any icky feeling from being a salesperson on your website. If you'd like to connect further with G. and learn more of her secrets, which we highly recommend, check out the links in our show notes. And all you readers out there, we've got the transcript of this episode along with tons of other free content over on the Mediavine blog. Now, without further ado, let's get to G. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your On Air host, Media Vines Jenny Guy. This is Teal Talk, and I am your host, Jenny Guy. I'm Media Vines Director of Marketing, and I have a very important seasonal question for you. Where do you fall on the Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah scale? Have you already decorated? Are you listening to the music already? Are the Hallmark movies on repeat like they are for some of the Mediavine teams? Say hi to us in the comments. Weigh in. Tell us where you fall because it is a super important and polarizing topic. I personally am of the opinion that whatever you want to do in 2020 is perfectly valid. If you want to do Christmas before Halloween, yes, do that. If you want St. Patrick's Day in November, Fantastic. If it provides you and yours with a modicum of joy this year, I say just go for it. I'm also in favor of normalizing full celebrations for random holidays. So in that spirit, I would like to say happy men make dinner day. Did anyone know that that was a thing? Because it is. I did research on all the random holidays. Today is happy men make dinner day. Yes, it's a thing. We're going to share the link in the comments. It is the first Thursday in November and there are rules. And to make things more inclusive, I'd like to change it from men to whichever partner doesn't normally cook. And if you normally cook for yourself, order from a locally owned restaurant, I don't know, just celebrate, celebrate your life have a great Thursday. That's what we're here for. I know I'm celebrating today because one, we don't have to talk about anything that's happening in our nation for an hour. My guest now is talking about that, but I am very much celebrating because my returning guest is the wonderful Jean Antara. She shared so much good stuff during her summer of live episode on repurposing content. And we kept having to rush through certain topics and we didn't have time. And we kept saying, we'll talk more about that later. And she was kind enough to come back and talk about the concept of story selling and email marketing, which we will go into more in a second. But hello. Hello, G. Welcome back.
1: Hi. I'm so excited to be back.
0: I'm so excited to have you because you're awesome. I'm going to read her bio because she is an impressive lady. She is a former registered nurse and medical scientist turned blogger, freelance writer, and YouTube creator. She is the host of the Create and Prosper show, which helps bloggers and writers create amazing content and build profitable businesses. She started my online biz journey in 2014 to chronicle her journey into online business and succeeded in using that blog to attract clients for a social media content creation business. You can find her currently on gnantra.com, where she's passionately helping her audience make a living and build a powerful and authentic personal brand with their writing. When she's not creating amazing content, she likes to watch spy movies. What up? All right, G. Hello. I'm going to start out with a question for our audience. Tell us, all of our content creators out there in the audience, do you consider yourself salespeople? Easy question. Do you consider yourself a salesperson in addition to being a content creator? Put that in there. G., Welcome back, thank you for coming. You are a wonderful breath of fresh air during this week and year. Let's take it from the top, what the heck is storytelling? Tell us about it.
1: Okay, so I want you to think about your favorite movie. I want you to think okay. about your favorite movie. So I'll give you like 30 seconds. Think about, you know, you told me earlier on that you were in theater. So think yeah. about your favorite play or movie. When you think about your favorite movie or play or even music video, each of these always tells you some kind of story. And if you're being honest with yourself, even when you were in school, the lessons that stuck out to you, the teachers that stuck out to you, were the ones not just dispensing information, but the ones who were always telling all these incredible, crazy, funny stories. Okay. Even if it was morbid stories, you'd be like, wow, I had a professor who always told these morbid stories.
0: (laughs) And you're talking right. about that person in the lunchroom because they're making an impact
1: <laughs> on you for sure. For sure. So, so as human beings, we have been using storytelling to communicate with one another for centuries, for years and thousands of years, right? And so storytelling is just something that our brains are used to. We love that we gravitate towards that. So then when we start to talk about story selling, right, and when I ask you to think about your favorite movie, you probably did not have to think that hard, right? You, it, it, just, it just came on and you probably would be able to tell me everything that happens in that movie yes. with accuracy, yep. right? Because that's, because that's how well our brains are wired to, to store stories. And, and there's research to prove this, by the way. So when we talk about story selling, we're talking about using the power of story and the power of the elements of story, and we'll talk about that too, to sell. And it's important for, for any content creator, and I know there's so many bloggers or YouTube creators, podcasters that, that listen to this show, it's important to incorporate that into your selling strategies, into your brand building strategies, because that's how, remember, I told you, you remember the stories, right? You remember the teacher or that person that's always telling you the weird stories, right? This is how you are going to gain mindshare in the minds of people when you incorporate those elements of story into your brand and into your selling process.
0: I am obsessed and I'm going to take two seconds to combine the two elements. that you just told my mentor in grad school, shout out Amy Herzberg. She's probably not watching. But she always used to say in our training as, as actors that people do not change behavior based on facts. People change behavior based on feelings. So while you're trying to get someone to quit smoking and you're reading all of the facts, people know the facts. They get the facts. They don't change the behavior until they become emotionally invested in this process. So that goes right along with that. I love it. Okay. Absolutely. Can you give us some famous examples of the story selling beyond just the, um, beyond our favorite movies which we're all now thinking of and how do you use story selling in your own business?
1: Okay, so I'll I'll start with answering the question, how do I use story selling in my own business? So I, I used to have this ebook on how to become a social media manager and I sold a few thousand, a few thousand dollars worth of those copies because of a simple story. And here was the story, the story was that I had moved from the East Coast of the U.S. to the West Coast. Anybody who has ever made that move knows how expensive the West Coast is, and especially if you live in a place like San Diego. And so when we moved, we moved from Philadelphia to San Diego. We immediately realized, so I'm telling you the story, okay? We immediately realized how expensive San Diego was. And then since I had been blogging for about a year, I Mm -hmm. leveraged my blog and used that to land my first clients as a social media manager. Three months later, I was making $1,200 extra for my social media management business. And that allowed us to keep on paying our bills and enjoy the city we had just moved into. That's the story I told to sell the ebook. Now, why is that powerful? That's powerful because I, I, I share. So in this case, and in every story, and I am sure you know this, in every story, there's a hero, right? And the hero in the story faces a dilemma. They face some kind of problem. Yep. And then they are on a journey to solve that problem. And in that journey, they find a solution. And ultimately, that dilemma is resolved by the end of the story. So what was the dilemma I faced? The dilemma I faced is I had moved from one city to the next. It was two or three times more expensive. Yeah. And I had to find a solution, right? The solution was starting my own freelance business and about three months i was making over a thousand dollars per month managing other people's social media for them so why is this important now if i had just ended the story you know with myself the people would be like okay well that's cool but how does that mean right (laughs) you know so then i move on and so i use this in my copy when i was writing the sales page for the ebook i moved on to say maybe you are you found yourself in a place where you need to make a few extra thousand dollars a month, or you just even need an extra five hundred dollars a month so that you can pay for pay for childcare. Social media management is a great way for you to do that. And here's an ebook that shows you this and this and that to do to establish your own social media management business in thirty days. And it worked. I convert that page converted. I can't, I forget now because I stopped selling that book, but it, I think the first day I sent the email, I converted at maybe five to 10%. That's great. Um, wow. And most of the time, for those of us who are watching this and who may or may not know, you know, when you send out emails, usually the industry standard of conversion is like 2%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so conversion means getting somebody to from not buying from, from reading the page to buying. And so the people that bought, that's, that, that was my conversion rate. And I was super excited about that. So the, the power of, that's how I've used story selling in my business to yeah. sell an example of this, this example here. But some really famous examples that I can also think about, I want to think about even somebody that's also in the online entrepreneur space that I immediately clicked with when I heard his story. Um, so I'm sure if you're a blogger or if you've been online for any amount of time, you probably know about Pat Flynn back in, yes, back in 20, I want to say 2012 I discovered Pat Flynn because I read his story about, about, about how he, was, he was let go from his job and in, how in 2008 and I was, I was, I, we were all here in 2008. We know what happened. Oh yeah. You know, um, people were losing their jobs left and right. The market was crashing. You know, unfortunately, people were even committing suicide because of that. I remember it was a really dire, dire time. House, you know, housing, the housing market was crazy. Everything was crazy. And this is when he lost his job. And he talked about the fact that that ended up being a blessing in disguise because then it allowed him to stop blogging and build his business. So when I read that story, I was like, wow. That's such an incredible story. And so and so at that time on his blog, he used to have a little snippet. The introduction was, I'm not a millionaire yet, but I'm the crash test dummy of the internet. And I will tell you about what I'm doing to make money online. I'm like, tell me, brother. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, so he used his story, something that had happened to him personally, to set the premise for hey, this really bad thing happened to me, but here's how I'm pulling through and I'm pulling you along with me. And that, and I'm still a Pat Flynn fan, you know, after almost a decade because of that story. these are just two examples of how your story can become the springboard for convincing people why they should buy from you, why they should follow you, why they should read your blog, all that.
0: I love it. And it sounded very, like, while it it was emotional and it was compelling and it was vulnerable for both you and Pat to discuss, you know, your own money problems or your own what what might be viewed objectively or subjectively both as failure if you wanted to classify it like that, but you're making that vulnerability open to other people. And then you're not only doing that, you're then systematically tying it into other people. So that yes. becomes part of it too. It's not enough, like you said, to just say, I failed. Period. Nobody and then, no, right, correct. No one cares. Yes. Thank you. Good. It's true. I
1: mean, why? No. And I mean, it's, it's I, And I don't want to be mean about it. It's no, it's truth. not mean. It's the truth. It's the truth. Most people are thinking about their own problems, so they're not necessarily going to. They may sympathize and empathize, but you know they also have stuff going on. So you, it really has to. At the end of the day, the story really has to tie in strongly. Into why it matters for the person you're trying to sell to. I love that.
0: All right. So now that we understand what story selling is, how can our audience incorporate and implement this strategy in their own business? How do they tell their own story? How do they use these? Per- how do you use personal stories to sell?
1: Right. So to there, there are two prongs to this, um, and I, and I want to talk about that. So remember we, how we just said that you always have to think about how it relates to the other person. I think in order to be a really good storyteller for your specific business, you do have to know the audience you're speaking to. You do have to know them. So this is where kind of, you know, I'm not the best person to ask about when it comes to choosing an avatar or all that, but this is where you really have to think about the people that you serve or the people that you're gonna sell to, right? And selling is a service. I always see selling as a service and not as come buy my stuff. And so you have to think about the people you're trying to sell, uh, you're trying to serve and, and think what are their problems? What are their fears? What what bothers them? Okay, because when you're able to figure that out, you're able to pick up on the language they use. You're able. So, for instance, one day I was um, working on something else, and I I, um, I kind of jumped into a Facebook group, and I and I knew that these people, these it was a group of women, and I knew that these individuals would be would fall into that demographic I was trying to reach. So I asked them a question about. Uh, and it was about writing books. And so, because I talk about writing a lot. And so I, I, I asked them, what's stopping you from writing your first book? What you know, because I, I know a lot of people want to write books, but I, I just wanted to hear what they had to say. Yep. And I got uh, about 10 responses of people telling me in their own words why they hadn't finished their book or why they hadn't started. And I ended up using that in some copy somewhere. So, in the first part of, of, of really figuring out how to use your story to sell, is to figure out what your clients, ideal clients, customers, readers, whatever listeners, what are their problems, what are their issues, what are they looking for, what are their, what are their aspirations. Once you have that down, then I want you to think about a story that can connect to that. So if your audience is mostly 25-year-old Gen Zers, I think, they're, I think they're Gen Zers, but anyway. They are Gen Z, I think, yeah. Yeah, they the new, right? So it's 25-year-old women who have just, or let's say 22-year-old women who just graduated from college. A lot of right. these women went to college in the time of COVID. The language they use is completely different from somebody like me that graduated from college, oh, I don't know. Um, almost 15 years ago, it's going to be very different, right? So the la- learning that language is important. And then finding a story that fits that. So because I knew my audience was around my age, they were mostly working women that were trying to find a side hustle. I was like, oh, okay. They're working women that want to have a side hustle. I'm a working woman who had has a side hustle in social yep. media management. But why was that side hustle important? Why are they trying to find a side hustle? Because maybe- They have a problem. Yes, there's a problem they have. The reason they're trying to find a side hustle, maybe they're underpaid at their jobs. Maybe at, the, at, at this point in their lives, they have other responsibilities that don't make it possible for them to take on a second job. And so I have to be able to identify all of those. And then when I tell my story, link it to those narratives that are going on in their heads. And for them to say yes, yes, how does she know? We're in the same boat, of course. I want to get this, of course. So I really do think that the way you begin to story sell is figure out what the needs are of your audience, then figure out a story that relates. If I tell the same story of coming to San Diego, trying to and then starting a side hustle of a job of, a, of a, you know a social media management business to individuals who are trying to, who are trying to um, start up a tech business, it would make absolutely okay. sense because that they, they don't even like what, like I'm trying to sell my own tech startup. I, I don't care about side hustles, knowing that will help you choose the stories. And so if I, if I was so good example, but if I was going to talk to the tech, tech startup people, I would choose a completely different story.
0: Yep. Okay. Here's, I want to go back a little bit. You have an amazing way of doing this you you find these um, little tidbits that I just want to go back and hear more about. Because I think right. the reason why I asked this and um, the audience hasn't responded, but it's a, it's a thing that I think a lot of content creators struggle with is the idea of being a salesperson and embracing that and not feeling really icky about it. I feel like a lot of them are amazing at We're amazing at building these relationships with our audience. We're amazing at connecting with them, being vulnerable, speaking their language, having them want to consume the content. But then when we get to the point of it's time to sell or it's time to ask them to convert or do anything like that, it becomes uncomfortable, awkward. It feels like it's too much. It feels gross. But when you just described you think of selling as a service, I think that's a huge mind shift that I would love to hear more about from you Mm.
1: Okay, yeah, I think of selling as a service because just think, I always think of it in terms of pain. When I was having my son, I was in a world of pain <laughs> in the at the hospital. And as millions of women go through every single year, and when the physicians came in and were like, "Do you want an epidural?" I was like, "Yes, I do. I don't care what it costs, just give it to me." So so it, so I know that's an extreme example, but what and so at that point I wasn't even thinking about costs. I was thinking, I want to be out of this pain. Where That's is this the problem now? Right. So so you are going to, most of the time, and and not all of the people in your audience are going to be at this point, There is, but there, there, there is a section of your audience that is at a point where they badly need a solution to their problem and they don't know where to get it. But you have it. And if you have it, then I think it's a disservice to them to make them continue to suffer when you have a solution because at that point most of the time i find, i found and you know and i and i and i've charged people i i i have different packages of things that i cuz i coach people as well and i've had people that i've had um you know up to $700 coaching sessions with for for, for a few hours and they didn't wink at the price they they didn't say can i get a discount or anything like that. Because at that point, they needed my $700 service. They, they needed it badly. They were chasing me down for it. I wasn't even, at that point, I wasn't even asking them for it. But they knew I could solve their problem for them. And so they they said, I want you to help me and I'll pay whatever you say. They're looking at it as an investment to get their, yes. their thing solved. Right. And we we went through that coaching session. She got what she needed. And she's she keeps on sending me messages to say thank you. Right. So so here's the deal. At some point, even if you have a million followers right now, at some point, there's a section of your audience that has the specific pain problem that you solve that need a solution. Now you have the solution, but you can't just give away that solution for free because we're in a business. We're not we're, we're not always giving charity. Right. So we're in a business. <laughs> so so now it's our, t- it's our it's our turn to help those people by offering them that ebook. By offering them that coaching, by offering them, you know, whatever it is that you sell, right? So, so that's how I think of it is at some point somebody is in dire pain, they will pay whatever it takes. And not in a and I don't want you to also abuse that, you know, because that can also be abused when you know that there are people that really need what you have. And so you're gonna like nickel and dime them. But yeah, absolutely. But you do have that, and Amber is saying in the comments, this reminds yes. me of something. Said to me offline, you have a moral responsibility. That yes, exactly. There are people that need you, and when you don't, and and you see, I wanna, I wanna speak to the people that are, are kind of afraid to sell because I know I used to be like this. And yes. to be honest, there are times when I still have some kind of fear in my heart about putting out my prices and and that and all that. And Thank I think you that's normal, Thank Yeah, you. And, and that's. I think that's just a normal human response, you know, when you, you know, you, you think about it, and you're like, I don't know. I just want to give this ebook. Like if you leave me alone, I'll give things to people for free, <laughs> but my husband always told me <laughs> about that, you know? So, so I do think that because you have that moral responsibility, because you're running a business, it is your moral responsibility to serve those people. And so when you move away from slimy salesperson mode to, I really want to help these people solve a problem. It becomes much easier to sell. So it really is a mindset shift Yeah, and you, know, you, you would have to do the work for that, but it is a mindset shift.
0: Yes. It's a total mindset shift. It is a game changer because you are solving those problems. You're not forcing anyone to do this and they're at your, they're consuming your content for free at this point by being there. So, so offering them your solution is not a bad thing at all. So how you mentioned, you have to find out what it is that your audience wants okay, you asked a group of women about writing. How do you find out what your audience wants?
1: Most of the time, um, we I've also overcomplicated this part of it. Don't do that. <laughs> just ask. <laughs> there are people on your email list. Like we're going to talk about email marketing. There are people on your email list. There are people in your Facebook group. There are people in your, on, who like you on Instagram. There are people that follow you on Twitter. Even if they're just 10 people, ask them. Just put the question out there. And as your audience grows ask the question again, because the people that saw the question six months ago are not the same people seeing the question now. Ask again, what would you like me to create? So I have a YouTube channel, and one question I ask on that YouTube channel pretty frequently is, hey, I want to make sure I'm creating the best content for you guys. What what do you want me to create? Uh, Recently, I put out a a question like that about three mini courses. I, I was working on some mini courses Ask them what do you want me to create. I had two people respond, but those two people gave me some incredible answers. So don't be afraid about the volume of responses. Just care about the response that you do get. And when you get that response, respect that. Thank them for that. Another way you can also get to know what these people want is, I have actually gotten on the phone with people in my audience. Oh so, really? What? Yes, I have. Yes. Whoa. So I- yeah, I, I called them and I spoke to like maybe four or five people. It was it was such interesting conversations. Yeah, you don't have you don't have to use your phone though. You could use Zoom, you could use Skype. Um, you know because, uh, yeah, people do get creepy and try to call you and text you. So, so you know, I wouldn't say do what I did, but uh, use Zoom or Skype and just invite people. You're like, hey. I have some time this week, I have one hour, I'd love to talk to some of you, Um, here's a scheduling form. Click on this to schedule a 15 minute call with me. So people can do that and then you get on Zoom with them and you can do this every quarter, you can do this every one month, whatever schedule you choose, okay? And then I get, it, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Hi, you know, we we just do the little pleasantries. And I remember one question I asked somebody was, why do you follow me? And she gave such a great answer. She was like, she told me, I bookmark all your emails. I delete most emails, but I bookmark yours because you, you're you the only person that gives, I forgot the exact question. She said, you're the only one that get, actually gives like advice that I would have to pay for someone else. <laughs> and that was telling because that also ma- meant i wasn't serving them well by selling but <laughs> but um You're giving it away <laughs> yeah but by speaking to her for 20 minutes i was able to listen to the words she was using what words was she using over and over again sometimes you use a word in your in your little niche and you think you think everybody knows it no they don't so for instance um i want to think about a good example let's say okay so so You know, this is my iPhone Seven. The new iPhone Twelve has features that are almost with the camera that allows you to have that bokeh effect. At the you know, the pictures are really great. Yeah. If if I was a a, you know a photographer and I was selling a course, I could say, okay, well, you know, this is how you get depth of field. This is how you get you you know, and and people can be like, what's what's the What's, what's that? That's a technical term. So most of the time we're using technical terms. You may even be using side hustle and people are like, what's a side hustle? I don't know what that <laughs> means. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I talk about freelance writing. One day somebody wrote to me, and I'm like, what's freelance writing? So people, you're, you're here using all this te- these technical words and you don't know that they're using completely different language. So by speaking to them, I get to learn what language they're using. Maybe they're saying, I want to start a business on the side instead of side hustle, or they're saying, I just want some extra income, or they're just saying, I just like some extra dough. Like whatever language your audience is using is what you need to be incorporating into your content creation process, which you're going to incorporate storytelling into that. That's another way that, the, you know, your, the, the, your email list, your social media pages, actually inviting people to speak with you is another way. Then the last way that I'll share is to go to a website called quora.com. So quora, it's Q-U-O-R-A. It's a yep. question and answer website. And I recently have gotten hooked on it a bit. And the reason being, there are all these people that are asking questions in the, t- the subject area that I talk about that I didn't realize people didn't know anything about. So they'll be, you know, very, very basic questions where because when you um, I think uh, there's this there's this idea of the curse of knowledge that the more you know you forget what it was like to be a beginner right so if you forget what it's like to be a beginner how can you speak to beginners so I go there to see what beginners are asking so that I can also use that language so all of these are ways to to really tap into what your audience may be thinking and asking. There's also
0: a certain aspect of the fact that if you're really good at it, it comes so naturally to you that you don't think about the things that people don't know mm-hmm. um, from the very, like you said, so so talking to someone and connecting is great. Another point that I thought about while you were talking about asking your audience, just asking and not being afraid to do it every quarter, every six months, not only are the same people not necessarily going to answer you, your needs change. Talking about 2020 specifically, my needs are not what they were in February of 2020 to March. There was a real big seismic shift in what I needed when I went online. Um, I think anyone out there who bakes sourdough bread can speak to this very firmly, like the sourdough starter industry boomed because we were all stuck at home. And that's an extreme example. But the truth is, People's needs change, and you might not be addressing them anymore if you're not checking in on those needs. I love all that. Going back to what you were saying about, we talked about this over the summer, one of my favorite concepts of yours is superfans. Talk to us about superfans and how we can use storytelling to create some of those. Because I think there aren't many content creators out there who wouldn't want one, or many superfans. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so the whole idea of super fans, I borrowed that from Pathfinder too, by the way. Um oh, he has one Yeah, I know. He said, what is he? He's the crash test dummy?
0: Yeah, um, he
1: used yeah. to have that, but he doesn't have that on his website anymore. I'm, I, I just happen to be a, a, a big fan of his and he lives in San Diego. So. Um, oh, have you met him? He, yes, I have. <laughs> so it's oh. like, a fan. I, I I you know I I try not to fan girl but but one of the books he recently wrote was um Superfans and there's a, there are a lot of lessons to be learned in that book and I think if that's not a book you've read as a blogger content creator I think you should read it okay so one of the ideas is 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 what I I've already shared and and, and that's pretty standard in a lot of marketing material like find out what your your avatar your ideal client wants or needs by speaking to them by asking questions, all all of that, right? Then the next step you wanna do, the next thing you wanna do is what you wanna make people feel like they belong. You wanna make them feel like they're part of a community, like they're insiders, right? And there's so many ways to do this. So once you've found out what what their language is and you begin to write or create content that speaks to that and begin to use stories that speak to that, there are people that are gonna begin to gravitate towards you. But they're not—they're not like your your inner fans yet. They're like, okay, I think I like—I like this girl. I think I like this guy. Okay, I'm gonna stick around. They've swiped a- right on you now. Uh, if, oh, you're, if you're if you're on Tinder, they've swiped right
0: on you, but they've not—you're not on a date yet.
1: <laughs> right, right. You're not on a date yet, exactly. Right. So it's like, okay, okay, you know, uh, I I I see you. But then there is there is a there's a point that comes where that individual becomes. I don't care what you create, as long as you create it. And and I've had people, and you know, I'm not saying anything of any of these things to brag. I'm just saying it's any, it's something that all of us can do, right? Because I my background is not in content creation, my background is in science, right? So I also had to learn all of this stuff. And so if I've learned it and it's worked for me, I know it's gonna work for you too, right? So here's the deal: you want them to feel like they're insiders. So as they come close. And they, you know, you start giving them content that gives them small wins. Let's say, for instance, I had this video on YouTube about how to become a freelance writer, and I gave a really quick tip in that video. I'm like, do this right now. So somebody did that, and then they were like, oh my god, I can't believe this! Like, I did this, and then this, I got this result. And all of a sudden, that person was like wanted to be my best friend. <laughs> so I trust I, you. You showed yeah, them Because yes, because I had given them some sort of quick win, which triggers something in their brain like, oh, if I can get this quick win from just listening to this five minute video, then what else can she do for me? So give them quick wins. So as you learn what they need, give people quick tips that will help them do things and then give them a quick win. And then as they now they're in that excited mood. You want to start to bring them close and by and in doing that one of the things you can do is by creating events so an event doesn't these days we don't get to go to actual events you know so you can create online events we're having an online event right now i'm pretty sure there's some super fans of media vine who will watch almost every live of media or at least most of them or we'll watch the replays, yeah. and we'll share them, <laughs> and we'll and we'll defend you if everybody anybody ever tries to badmouth you, right? Yes. Uh, that that's super fan status, and you want that because I mean you don't want psychopathic fans, but you do want people that love you so much that when they meet somebody else. Who has a similar problem? They're like, oh, you should check out this person. Yep. You must go follow this other person. Okay, so give them small wins, make them feel like they belong by creating events. So one thing I'm doing personally in my own, uh, with my own brand currently, I'm a writer. I talk about writing. So in this season, the NaNoWriMo is going on, which is the National Novel Writing Month. It's a month where authors all over the world will set aside time to write a 50,000 word book. Now I'm not writing a 50,000 word book, but because I know that there are people in my audience who want to write books, but who have not overcome the fear of writing a book or think it's such a tall order that they cannot do it. I go live every morning from 8.30 to 9.30 AM and we write our book together. That's awesome. Yeah. So we go. So I and I started announcing that somewhere in mid-October. I'm like, hey, guys, I know so many of you in this community want to write books. I'm going to go live. You and I were going to write a book together. And so now you can build a community around that. And you're like and I, I have people like, oh, I, people waiting to join the live. And they're, oh, in and they're like, hey, see, hi again. What today was day four. I'm already seeing people who are showing up every day, people who are who are in an, usually at the end of the one hour of the write, the write with me session I, I tell them my word count and i so like, hey okay today I wrote a thousand words and basically like, I wrote 600 I wrote 500 and people are sending it in even after the live has gone off you know so building that community of people who want to write books and now I'm giving them an avenue for all of us to connect with an online event is really powerful. So, so that's what you can do with that. That's how you can begin to build super fans is give them, you know, of course you learn about them, give them quick wins, make them insiders, start to create a community around that subject. And as you begin to create that community, eventually what you'll begin to notice is that the people within the community begin to talk amongst themselves. They're not even talking to you anymore. (laughs) They're talking, you you know, you brought them together. You were the you know, you were like the matchmaker that put them together. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, yes, you know, you've won. But you you really can build people that absolutely love your work, that become super fans, that will follow you onto every platform simply by following these, these rules of knowing them, talking to them, giving them small wins, uh, you know, quick, small, quick wins, then building a community around the subject that you have chosen.
0: And so much so, I would say even more now, because people are can't connect in other ways. The, the Creating a space for people with shared goals or wants, values, whatever it is, that people can come into a place and actually feel connected, it's huge. Absolutely. It's what we all want right now.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, let's take it. So so you've talked a little bit about how you're creating what, what platform are you going live on? Because we we've talked about how we can sell via our blog with our writing, but how are you making this? Can you give us some platform specific examples on how to use storytelling on your different platforms?
1: I think I think of course as bloggers, right, your first point of storytelling would be through your blog, but I also think a platform like Instagram is really great for storytelling um just because Instagram is very visual and they've also kind of, I don't know if stolen is the word, but they've also kind of borrowed features from a lot of popular platforms because the stories idea was originally on Snapchat. They now have reels, which was originally on TikTok. And so they have all these features that you can on, on Instagram that you, and it's really versatile that you can use to tell different stories, right? about what's going on and so about what's going on with you. So I think that for bloggers, Instagram, and you don't have to use Instagram. I'm just using this as an example because I use it and I've seen others use it powerfully for storytelling. And the idea there is to have a compelling image, okay? And then to write a caption and 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 you would use the same rules you would use when you're writing your blog post with opening strongly. So have a very strong opening to because, the way you're going to get people to read the rest of your blog post is when your title and your opening are powerful. And so it's the same idea. You're going to open powerfully with your with your first sentence. And so a story I tell um I've told I've told one story about how I moved to San Diego and all that. But I I remember recently I was telling a story about 2020. It's a post on and I'll read it because tragedy I, obviously. That that ended up being one of my enga- most engaged posts during that month. So I have a picture of me and my son. And I took that picture at a really low point in my life. Um, this was the beginning of 20, um, 2019. I, I really had a really low moment. I was depressed and I I had bought a new camera. So I told my husband to go out with me and my son and to take a picture of us. I just wanted to kind of like do something that didn't keep me at home, right? So I was really in a sad place. And I took this picture with my son sitting and we're kind of hugging. That's already kind of like a melancholic picture a bit. It's like you, you know, you're you're sitting on a bench, hugging your child and you're kind of looking away from the camera. So compelling picture, okay, that's the first thing. Honest moment this year, I haven't posted a lot on Instagram because everything I am doing seems pointless in light of the heavier issues in the world right now. We've dealt with COVID, Black Lives Matter, when election year. And at that time, when I was writing this, um, there was also something going on with, with Nigeria. And I'm from West Africa originally. So, and I'm not from Nigeria, but it, it also affects me because it's in the sub region. And I, and I said, I cry at least once a week over one issue or the other. And as a sensitive introvert, I do think everything I'm doing seems pointless. Then I go, because I knew that this was something people were feeling because that's what I was hearing. And I also felt the same way, so I posted that. But then I changed the tone of the story a little bit, and I just say, is my business pointless though? Are the books I'm writing pointless? They are not. A lot of us are feeling a lot right now, anger, disappointment, disbelief, wondering how much more can anybody take this year? And how can you even think properly about your business at a time like this? It's hard, I'll admit it. But I also want you to realize that your work does matter. And it's okay to promote your product, to continue to sell and serve. It's all right to tell people to watch your videos and read your posts and listen to your podcasts because because in some way, and I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional again, but in some way, I do see this as activism. When you continue to do the work that you're doing, I do see it. Sorry. (laughs) I do see it as some kind of activism because I do realize that When you have money, that's when you can donate to causes that matter to you. When you have the money, that's when you can influence certain decisions, even in your own little way. When you have the money, that's when you can change people's lives. So it's okay that in a year that has required so much of us that you still can sell. It's okay because you are serving. And when you have that money from what you have sold, then you can put it towards things that mean a lot to you. The reason why I think Instagram is powerful for that is because you can make posts like this that are there for a long time and really speak to something that a lot of people are feeling but don't have the words to articulate, right? And, and but then be also be able to say, it's okay that in 2020 that you can sell, but this is how we can reframe it maybe and make it about when we have the money, we can do things that matter. I share that because of the question that you asked and sorry, I got emotional. But then another thing that you can do is to- Don't you dare apologize for getting emotional. <laughs> I wasn't talking because I was emotional, so. Yeah, you can also use Instagram stories. I like to use Instagram stories to kind of bring people to, throughout my day. Like today, I realized that I had made a mistake on my calendar. And so I shared that in my stories and I'm like, hey guys, Today, guess what i goofed up and i overbooked myself but it's going to be great <laughs> you know and and then and, and then i take them along and then i and i'm sharing my journey of writing this book that i'm writing with my audience with them i'm telling them hey come join us and let's write this book together so there's so many elements of instagram for instance that you can use to storytell i think you can do something very similar on instagram you can do similar things on twitter as well but any platform that you choose the whole, the, the bottom line is that speak to what people are feeling and going through because then you make the connection.
0: Yeah. Everything you said, and it. Um, thank you for so much for sharing that with us and um, being vulnerable that that's a gift that you give to your audience. And I think it's a gift that all content creators give to their audience, whether um, it's a, a laugh that people need, or a need mm-hmm. to ability to cry or express the vulnerability, to share. Like you said, they don't have the ability or the words necessarily to say it. They don't have the freedom for whatever reason. But you sharing it and using your platform to express it gives them a freedom, gives them that because everybody needs it. Whether it's mm-hmm. a piece of music or an Instagram post or whatever it is, give people. The ability to get that feeling out of themselves, get it, get it out. That's festering. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not being articulate because I'm also emotional. But thank you for sharing.
1: Um, we're having.
0: We're having. It's an emotional year. It's okay. It is. It really. It really, really is. It's hard. And like you said, it's so hard not to also just look at everything that's so big and huge and not go feel that what you're doing doesn't mean anything. It's. It's hard. It's really, really hard not to. But I will speak and say that. I've seen content creators and the work that you guys do valued more than ever this year because it's been one of the only ways that people have been able to experience fresh content and people reflecting back to them what their lives are like in this really dark time. So yeah, yeah, don't be don't ever feel like what you do doesn't matter if you can help it um, because it does. it matters. Let's talk about email marketing before I start crying again. Oh, we talked about email marketing, a little bit this summer, and I would love to talk more about it. What role does story selling play in your email marketing? And, and give us your top email marketing tool or tip, because um, I think anyone who has any experience in selling or sales or affiliate know that email marketing is gold in terms of conversions and actually building those super fan relationships. So please share
1: something -hmm. there yeah so so yes absolutely email email is 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 powerful we already know that um and one of the more reasons why is because, you know, a social media platform can be pulled out from under you at any point. But if you have your email list, then that's a way for you to keep in touch with at least a section of your audience, right? So I do think it's important to build one. And I do think it's important to communicate with them regularly. Now, that could be different for a lot of people. I do recommend at least once a week. I think once a week is a good place to be. If you can do at least once a week that that works uh there are times when i even i even i fall off the wagon and i'll email like you know once in two weeks or maybe twice a month um but the point is to keep the conversation going and the way you do that is again by telling these stories the ones there's always the emails where i'm I'm giving a story um or, or, or speaking can to i just say I that you, everything you say is so freaking
0: like mind opening and eye opening to me. Oh, really? when I, no, honestly, when I think about email, it never would have occurred to me to think, keep the conversation going because we look at it as a way that we're like talking at somebody and looking mm-hmm. and looking at it as a conversation is a totally different way of looking at email. Sorry, mm-hmm. what you were saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. no problem. I'm, I'm glad to, I do really do see it as a conversational tool. Yes, it's a powerful tool for you to send your blog posts and your your YouTube videos and and all that. And I do that too. Um, But I think it's also a powerful way to just talk to people. And and I will usually invite people to reply to me. Sometimes people reply, sometimes they don't. I gave the invitation though. So, but when I do get replies, it's very impactful. I've had replies from a 16 year old. There was a 16 year old that was signed up to my email list and she was like- "Awesome." Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was was something crazy, but she told me, um, yeah, I want to start a business, but I feel like, I don't know if you're the right person to tell this, but I feel like I'm not very nice to my mom and I just need somebody who can help me with that. And I was like, I don't know why she thought I was the person to speak to, but I, I think I I just, but
0: (laughs) you know, now, and I figure probably that's why they want to talk to you, but yeah.
1: Yeah. But, um, I, I, I just said, I just, I, I gave her some advice I you know I don't even I've I just wrote something like hey you know I'm pretty sure your your mom is just trying her best and you know just try to see things from her perspective and do your best at school something something very grown up and and then she wrote back and said oh my god thank you so much for responding and thank you so much that helped I'm gonna do exactly that and like what like what just happened so so there are people there are people on your email list that are that will follow you just because they feel like when your email hits the inbox they're just getting a letter from one of their friends right and and because you're keeping that conversation going and they're interested in what you have to offer when you do offer it they're most likely going to get it because they do need it but they also enjoy your companionship right um so i do see email as so 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 it has to be frequent. A friend that hasn't talked to you in two years is different from a friend that talks to you every day, right? It's they're two different relationships. Yep. So, so um, keep it regular. Um, I would say also that I, you know, there, there's been some arguments, and I've read different sides of this of whether your emails need to be long or short, yep. and I think it's a mix, okay. <laughs> because. Because you will meet, you, you have different um, people on your list. There's some people that need to see three, three bullet points and then they're good. And there are people that want to read and read and read. But what I find is that if the email is too long, people usually skip, don't, don't read the whole thing. So I try to be somewhere in the middle where I do have emails that are super short and like, go watch my YouTube video. Then I have emails where I'm I'm telling a story, right? And that and usually I'll start out by like saying, "Hey, you're gonna need some tea for this. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to like for this." So go and grab your favorite juice, and then come and listen to come and listen to what we have to say, right? Um, and then we make it, we kind of make it again, make it conversational. That's another tip that I have. So regularity, right? So keep the you know keep the conversation going at least once a week. Send something out you know, short or long is up to you. But I think somewhere in between works. And then the last tip is do collect emails. The only way you're going to have an email list is to collect emails. So and, and and sometimes I'll go to people's websites and I'm like, oh, you don't have any kind of offer to email. You know? So if you don't have that, and I know most bloggers at this point, media Mediavine bloggers are so smart. How many that I've met that say I have emails, but I don't do anything with them? Right. So if you have, so, so build it, but, but to that, to that, right. I, I love that you brought that up. I have emails, but I don't do anything. There, there are a few ways to go around it. You can start emailing them. A lot of people are going to unsubscribe because you haven't emailed them in a long time and they've forgotten who you are. So <laughs> that's, then that's going to be fine. But the the reality of the matter is that even though they sign up for the your email, there are also people that uh, kind of cross pollinate, so they they do follow you sometimes on one of your social media platforms as well as your email list. So they still get to see, they get get some interaction from you. But it, what's worse is if you don't email, you don't update your social media and you don't update your blog. Okay, then that one, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's where, that's where it becomes it becomes a tough one. But I think that because some people may be so connected with you on social media when you send those emails those people will still stay on your email list and the people that want to sign like who is this will will just unsubscribe and that's fine but once you do that then you just keep going a little trick i used to use i don't do it as much anymore because i just don't have the time is is actually i learned this from another um bigger blogger a long time ago but to set the way you, you know, how you set time aside to write your blog posts. So at the beginning of the month, let's say you're going to send out an email a week, pre-write your blog, pre-write your emails. So if you know that you're going to release some video content, some blog content, whatever, just pre-write the emails and then have them ready. So then every week you can just push send. You can just maybe add a link or change something and push send on that email. Because you would have already created it at the beginning of the month. And this becomes really useful for when you, of course, when you're going to launch anything, um, you should be doing that way in advance. But when you're going to launch anything, if you're doing affiliate marketing, if you're trying to get people to come read a blog post, go go listen to the podcast, that becomes really relevant. That becomes really helpful in um, being consistent and not having so many unsubscribes. And (laughs) Michelle says they are going to unsubscribe and complain about this
0: (laughs) But this if you aren't happening
1: I mean, see even happens when you email regularly, by the way. Oh, really? Sometimes, yeah.
0: I mean, but the thing is, like Michelle said, I've heard people say, Well, but my email list is as I lost 300 people. But did you have them if you weren't emailing them? And then when you email exactly. them, they don't want to be on your list anymore. I don't feel like you have them. Plus it's more expensive. So if they're not your people, then they're not your people. And that's okay. They're not your Mm -hmm. They're not your super fans. You're not building a super fandom. And yeah, I think that that's that's important. All right, we are gonna, we're almost done. We're almost out of time, which is heartbreaking. I want your uh, top takeaway for our audience so they can start right now in Q4, three weeks before Black Friday. Are we three weeks I don't even know four weeks I don't know what what is time but black friday is this month I do know that and cyber monday is this month so if you can give us top tips on implementing storytelling now I'm going to make a quick announcement and then we'll come back to you real quick Guys, our next episode of Teal Talk is in two weeks. It is Thursday, November 19th. We are, at this point, going to be talking to Mediavine's own Danielle Spiesman, Influencer Marketing Associate, and Steffi Predmore, Director of Influencer Marketing. It is going to be everything you ever wanted to know about working with brands, but we're afraid to ask. We're going to talk about stuff from what brand reps will be looking for in 2021 to items that you absolutely must negotiate in your scope of work. So don't miss that. Also, if you are watching and whether you're live or on the replay, please subscribe to the Mediavine YouTube channel and like our Facebook page so you won't have to miss another episode of Teal Talk with amazing guests like my wonderful one today, G Nantra. G, tell us that uh, where we can get in touch with you and also give us uh, that top tip if you don't mind.
1: Thank you, thank you so much again for this opportunity. I really You're appreciate awesome. it. You can find me um, on geneontre.com, that's, that's my website. These days, I mostly produce content on YouTube because hashtag mom life. And so I don't have quiet to write as much. Um, <laughs> But um, but I do YouTube videos. So um, I think my YouTube channel was, uh, the link was shared in here. Thank you for sharing, so you sharing that. I'm also very active on Instagram. So it's just my name. Um, so I'd love to connect with you there. Come say hi. I think my biggest tip, I, I was sorting through all the tips in my head, but I think one would be To start getting ready for 2021, right, you can begin to start talking to your audience now. So an easy, a super easy thing you can do today is wherever your audience hangs out, wherever you hang out the most, I want you to put out a announcement and say, hey, I'd love to chat with five of you on Zoom in the next week. Here's my calendarly schedule, schedule 15 minutes with me. And um, I'd love to talk to you because I'd really love for you to be able to talk to the people behind the screen who are encountering you and find out why are they reading your, your blog? Why are they following you on social media? What what are some of their fears? Like, where are they in life? Who are they? You know, and, and talk to if even if you can all you can do for the rest of the year, talk to five of such people, I think that you'll be way ahead in your story selling game because you will begin to tell stories that matter to those people because if there's one like them, there's about a hundred or a thousand like them and you'll be able to speak your specific language and get even better at selling.
0: Gee, Nantra, you are, as always, uh, an inspiration. Thank you for sharing your tips and thank you for sharing your heart. We're so glad to have you again. And everybody else, please be well, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24 seven support to cutting edge WordPress plugins, Our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be? Please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.